Hello, I'm Philip and this is Captain Carter's Friday Night Podcast. So you can probably infer from that that I also go by the name Carter. That's my second name. I'm sorry this took so long to put out today, but um, I've been having some issues with my laptop fan. Basically, it doesn't know when to shut up, so I've had to turn it off and on again. Which, to be honest, was a simple fix, but I'm good at words, not computers. Anyway, today I'm just going to be reading you a little thing. Um, a little short story from a short story that I'm working on in a book I'm working on called Hologram Kebab. I'm only going to read a little bit of the story for you because, well, one, that's good to tease people into getting the book, isn't it? No, that's not actually the reason because the book's not ready to be out yet. I've not even put it up for pre-order. It's just going to happen one day. I'm just going to make it appear. I'm not going to warn anyone, which is terrible advertising, but I find it funny. So I think that's reason enough to do something. This is called Kebab. It's the title story in the collection. And the reason I'm only reading half of it is because it has quite a good midpoint. And there is a twist, but I'm still working through it. So I don't I don't want to convince you that the twist is different to how it will be in the final book. So I'll probably read the whole thing another time. Anyway, it's called Kebab, and it's about some stuff. I can't tell you what stuff, because that would be a spoiler. It's one of those kinds of stories. Kebab. Anya crawled out of bed in much the same way she crawled into it the night before. Her hair was still damp from the rain, her phone still sputtering alerts and notifications she didn't care about or wanted to pretend she didn't care about. It was still half-charged, the charger snagged and damaged during the aftermath of another identical night out. The air smelled of cold chips and vodka, and not the good stuff either. You wouldn't poison someone with this stuff. It would be too cruel. Anya barely remembered the night before. Her friend's faces were vague etchings on her subconscious, scratches brought to her face by flashing lights and brief moments of recognition. For most of the night, she must have been out of it, surfing on another plane of existence, a place from which her soul was permitted to take only one memory, the memory of the argument. Keaton had always, almost always been at least a bit of a dickhead. It was what made him attractive. That, and Anya's friend's belligerent disapproval. And his jawline. And his taste in music. And the fact he actually read books that weren't recommended to him by the local supermarket. And his hair. Oh, his hair was the most important part. In fact, Anya barely had realised how much of an all-round, universal, all-purpose, equal-opportunities, diversity, quota, soy-free dickhead Keaton was when the cretin had lopped all his hair off. Without the familiar mop, Anya was forced to make eye contact with him a lot more often than usual, and what she found in his eyes didn't quite align with the jokey, comical dickhead she had once made of him. It wasn't the same dickhead who did funny impressions of anyone new they met, and it wasn't the same playful dickhead who had built up months and years and years of in-jokes and references that only Anya would get. No, Keaton was a real dickhead, to everyone, including Anya. And when she finally realised this, it stopped being funny almost as quick as they had both fallen in love. Perhaps quicker, if that was possible. Physicists have yet to work that one out yet. Last night's argument had happened because Keaton had sent at least a dozen pictures of himself and his penis that was still attached to his body in the photos, but that might not be by the end of this story, to one of Anya's friends. 
and then several more pictures of the same penis to another friend. They told Anya right away, of course, and without letting him explain, this had happened before and his excuse was that he was asking a woman for tips on taking good selfies before sending them to Anya. Anya left the house and asked her friends on a night out, most of which she didn't remember. She looked down at the kitchen counter. The remains of the kebab were smothered in a thick, blood-red hot sauce that, coupled with the troughs carved by Anya's drunken past self, gave the thing the impression of roadkill. Anya leaned in and scooped some up in her bare hands, then, feeding her head and jaw as if it was a separate entity to her arms and body, she began walking to the living room, still nodding to a drumbeat that had yet to fully bleed away from her ringing ears. She collapsed into the oversized sofa and nearly wept from the sheer comfort of it. She told herself she should have just moved in with the sofa instead. It would have probably been a better lover. She was still pissed at Keaton, obviously. Buzz fucking buzz. Her phone from the other room. It had either died, or Keaton was saying something deliberately unimportant. He would be out on his morning jog, probably, the wanker. She had only had the buzz on for him or her parents, and they'd never used a mobile. It would always be the house phone. Anya looked in the direction of her bedroom and the phone across the open plan house and decided that she could not be arsed. Not even if she had an office chair to roll from living room to kitchen to bedroom, an idea she once pitched to the once fun-loving Keaton and which he promptly rejected for no fucking reason at all. Nope, not even if that office chair had mounted to its flanks two fire extinguishers. No, even the act of getting the phone, even if the act of getting the phone was made fun, Anya wouldn't fucking bother. Buzz fucking buzz. And again, once more for those in the back, buzz fucking buzz. That fucking buzzing buzzed and fucked Anya off to such a degree that she might have got out of her fucking chair if it wasn't so unreasonably fucking comfy and her entire body wasn't so fucking destroyed from the night out before. Anya, the bastard said out loud. Keaton, the dickhead, king of the dickheads, was standing in their jointly owned living room looking like a dickhead and also looking sad. Anya nearly passed out again from the sheer force of the disrespect. What the shit did he have to be sad about? Was there no suitable photo filter for his next dick pic? Keaton, she replied. Anya, I'm sorry. Yeah, congratulations. What do you want me to do about it? Anya said. She was quite proud of herself, but she didn't let her face show it. I want to move on from it. That quickly? You want me to just forget you sent a dick pic to my best friends? Ideally, yeah. That would be nice. And why should I do that? Annie asked. Keaton stood there ghost-like, his stupid face looking sorrowfully at Anya like an old toy he had broken. She crossed her legs and folded her arms. He was used to this, but not in the way Anya thought he was. I miss you. I miss us, Keaton said. I'm right here. Both of us are. You're such a dick. I know, I'm sorry. I felt unappreciated, like there was something wrong with me. Probably because there is, Anya said. Keaton moved forward a step, but Anya curled herself up tighter, and he noticed, stopping himself from coming any closer. That's no excuse. You're right, Keaton said. I never said that. But you were always so full of jokes and excuses, I'm sure you'll find one, Anya said. No, you did say that it was no excuse, once. That's my point. I don't want to have this argument with you anymore. Because we had it last night. Because we've already had it today, Keaton said. 
He fumbled with the pockets on his jeans and tried to look as useless as possible, which wasn't much more useless than how he usually looked. We haven't spoken today, Anya said. You're going to find this hard to believe, babe. But we have. Don't babe me. Okay. What do you mean we've talked already? I've just got up, unless you're confusing me with Jenny or Hannah. I'm not. Look, it, it's all my fault. I, I didn't know what I was thinking. I was just so desperately lonely. Lonely! Anya yelped. I barely got a break from your stupid fucking face. Thanks, Keaton said. But yes, I was feeling lonely. Isolated. I didn't think you loved me. That's no excuse. I told you you'd say it, Keaton interrupted. Stop fucking about, Keaton. This is end-of-the-line shit, you know. I'm tired of you. I know. I am too. I miss us. We're both here. It's not me that changed. That stopped being fun. That started faxing my little dick to your best friends. That's fair. I deserve that, Keaton admitted. Yeah, you did, Annie said. She took the last bite out of the bit of kebab in her hands, wishing for another alcoholic drink to wash it down. Finally, she said, and you know what else? I don't think I can trust you ever again. I know. That's why I'm here, Keaton explained. You're here because you live here, dickhead. And he said, no. Keaton replied, no, this isn't here. Look. He reached up and moved his arm through the acrylic chandelier at the centre of the living room. His hand and wrist fell through it like smoke. What the fuck? Annie said. She felt dizzy all of a sudden, as if the kebab had wanted to climb back out of her. I told you I miss us, Keaton said. Annie screamed. She kept screaming and pressing herself back against the back of the sofa until she almost vomited, and then she screamed some more. Keaton stood silently before her, watching as if he was on the other side of some force field, or barrier, as if he was observing a caged animal. We had an argument. You went into town. You don't remember the night out because you didn't live that long, babe. You were hit by a guy driving the wrong way down the road. The police chasing him attended to you seconds later, but you didn't make it, Keaton explained. His words were cold and close to indifference. It was clear to Anya that he had rehearsed this speech, or relived it several times before. The backups, Anya said, reaching the conclusion before Keaton had the chance. Our three-year anniversary. I gave you the rights to keep a bathcup locket of me, Keaton added. And I did the same, Anya said. In case one of us died. So the other wouldn't be lonely, Keaton completed her sentence. So we'd never live alone. Anya relaxed a little, allowing her feet to reach the thick carpet she knew wasn't really there. She felt around the sofa for some giveaway, some fragments of unreality that would have given it all away had Keaton not appeared. There was nothing. This world was so perfect, so realistic, that the notion of it being unreal disturbed her. And that's about halfway through the story. Um, I'm a big fan of that. I wish it was in Who Built the Humans, to be honest. But it isn't. It's in Hologram Kebab. Um, yeah, it's a really interesting one. I'm a big fan of it. And... 
I don't know if you could tell, but I've been putting a lot of practice into reading stuff and cutting myself off at the 10 minute mark. We're now 11 minutes, 55 seconds in, which I'm really impressed with, considering the intro was about a minute and a half long. Um, I'm doing that because I live in Manchester in the UK and it's quite hard to find events here where you're allowed to read for more than 10 minutes. But I like to read quite slowly and, you know, I write stories which are quite large. So it does mean that I feel a bit squeezed out of a lot of events. There's been events that I've actually stopped attending because I, I thought I can't really represent my work in any proper way here with this time slot. And that's a shame. Ideally, I'd probably, you know, work on my confidence, work on my material and do a bit of stand up, tell people funny stories. Because that story, despite being really dark, does actually, you know, it has jokes throughout it. And right at the end, it has a punchline as well. Anyway, I've been Philip Carter. The author of Who Built the Humans, Hologram Kebab, The Stephanie Glitch, False Vacuum, Branch Density, and some other books which are all coming out in 2022. Some other stuff is happening that I don't feel like announcing because that sounds like more than enough. You can follow me as at Paisley Print Author on Substack, completely free, and I'll send you short stories pretty much once a week for free for the rest of time. Why? Because I'm doing okay selling books. It's fine. I'm not desperate to make more money. So I'm finally in a position where I can share stories with people without charging them first, which is really nice. It's where I've always wanted to be. Um, So thank you for listening. Stay innovative. Be weird. And if you're not weird, get weird. And if you are weird, be weirder. Um, I'll see you around. I'll see you next week. This has been Captain Carter's Friday Night Podcast. And if you want other people to listen to it, it's probably a good idea to send it to them. Um, Fire it. Everyone you love, even people you don't love. I think my mum just dropped a glass downstairs. That was very fucking loud. Goodbye.